raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. This is another box. Goodness gracious. <laughs> It's Wes. Oh, it's multiple. We got little soccer balls. We got rugby balls. We got the basketball. And Walker. These guys are happy stuffed balls is what they are. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Good Lord. Uh, That's going to be a drop. We Energy to you on a Friday. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Keep the text coming. You already know. Hit that follow button on social media. We hit you with the question of the day. You get to see the antics. You get to see the war cries. Okay, we put those on there for you to see to inspire you every Wednesday as well. You can hit up the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram. Most importantly, the Wesson Walker Twitter page at Wes Bryan underscore 72 at HTB underscore Josh and at Walker Mail on Twitter and Instagram. You know what time it is. It's a huge Saturday. Let's not delay this anymore. Let's get to the campus. Kona. All right. Let's get to it, fellas. This weekend, when you talk about a slate of games, I mean, does it get any better? You start off at noon, Florida State and Clemson. For the Charlotte fans out there, you get Charlotte and Florida. You got also on the slate, Alabama and Ole Miss. That's a big game for Bama to see if they can bounce back. You got Oregon State and Washington State on the slate. Ohio State and Notre Dame. Iowa and Penn State in another ranked matchup. You get Caleb Williams at night at 1030 playing against Arizona State. You also get Michael Penix playing California. California's 2-1. and one on the season. You get that at 10.30. So get your your notos, your coffee, whatever you need, man, so you can stay up and get these games in your system. And oh yeah, you're going to say Wes, you forgot one. But no, I didn't. I sure didn't. At 3.30 you get the fighting Deion Sanders is going up to Outson in one of the loudest most raucous environments to take on top 10 Oregon ranked number 10 to be exact. What are our individual most must-see games for tomorrow? Walk, I'll start with you. It's got to be Oregon, Colorado. Yeah, man. And to me, even in this slate, which is no doubt impressive all across the board, this is the time where it's going to be hard to doubt Colorado anymore if they win. Top 10 matchup on the road. With Shador Sanders, now Travis Hunter is hurt. You'll have that excuse if you are a Colorado believer and they don't win this game or if they get beat down. But this is it. I mean, this is the team. Colorado was drawing the most viewers of any college football program when you're talking about the biggest jump from what they were last year or what they used to be to what's happening right now. They are the biggest story week to week in college football. There's no doubt about it, especially with some of these falls from the other teams, right? Alabama being as bad as they've been in quite some time. So they don't have to make that leap over in Alabama. Alabama's already coming back down to them. Clemson, they're out of the top 25. So you're getting help from some of the teams that have dominated the sport for the 
last five, ten years beyond. Colorado, Oregon, on the road. We're going to figure out how real they are. They're 3-0. and I'm not going to – for me, they're 3-0. and I'm already excited about what they're going to do. But when it comes to, well, this isn't a college football playoff team. Maybe Shador Sanders isn't even competing with a Drake May as far as a college football prospect goes. If they beat Oregon, that's going to be a monster win for them to where you cannot deny what Deion Sanders is going, uh, is what he's doing right now at that university. Joshua, what is your game of the week? Because we know you said you're going to be sitting in underwear eating wings. So what (laughs) is going to be your game of the week? Yeah, no, tomorrow I'm bringing the third television into the room. That's how many games we got going on. I'll be locked into Oregon, Colorado, like the rest of the country. The answer, though, is Ohio State and Notre Dame, two premier programs uh, meeting in South Bend. I'm really disgusted with the uniforms that Notre Dame was pulling out for this game. The green jerseys, They're bringing out huh? the You're not greens. a big fan of that, wear, huh? Wear your traditional home uniforms. But, I mean, I think for this game, this could be the first really big win of Marcus Freeman. Ohio State has questions at quarterback. I think that's going to be a game that has major playoff implications for both teams. So that game will be on at the same time Carolina's kicking Pittsburgh's ass. All right. Well, that's one way to put it. But then uh, also when you talk about Oregon and Colorado, to me, that's a no-brainer. But I'm going to keep it ACC as well. I'm very much looking forward to Florida State and Clemson. And as much as I hate that it's not a late game, I'm kind of glad that it's starting the day off. We get right to it. There's no messing around. Florida State and Clemson, this is a huge matchup. Is Clemson back? Did they learn from what happened at Duke? Because I know the Tigers are going to be itching, at least I think so, to come out and shoot that they are still the big dogs in this league, or at least still a big dog. Florida State coming in number four. This is their chance to really shut Clemson down and show this is our league this year. Clemson, this is our world, and you just live in it. So this is going to be huge. Jordan Travis, this is going to be a big game for him. We talked about the Heisman race last season, or the Heisman race this season being perhaps the greatest ever And so for him, if he wants to get his name into that hat in New York, if there's any shot for him to do so, this is one of those games that he needs to go in and win on the road. We know the weather, it should be decent. It's starting to get to that crisp fall weather, so it shouldn't be too hot. But we know those Clemson fans are going to be fired up, so that's going to be a fantastic game. Do you guys have, uh, no, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, any picks for those games that you guys picked for for your big game that you want to watch who do you think will win said game i think oregon beats colorado i do i think colorado is very good i do think we're talking about nebraska's offense being so poor and it was the second half before colorado separated themselves i think in this game against colorado state even if it was personal that was still a game that went to overtime before they were able to pull it off it doesn't mean that i look it's still already impressive it's still already crazy and shador sanders is the real deal gonna be a top five pick if Dion will allow Shador to enter the NFL draft, <laughs> but it doesn't look like he will, and we'll see if Shador abides. All that to be said, he's still a top five prospect if he enters the NFL draft. All that being said, I do think Oregon ends up winning that game. Yeah, and so when you look at this Oregon-Colorado game, the last time Colorado has beaten Oregon was in 2016, and they also need to protect Shador. Colorado's given up 16 sacks on the season so far. So, yeah, man, I mean, they're going to have those duck calls going. It's going to be loud, and I think this is a huge test for Colorado because, like I said, this is going to be their first, like, really, really raucous road environment. I know TCU was tough as well, but Austin definitely has – 
a reputation as being one of the louder stadiums in America. If they get down early like they did uh, to Colorado State, this is going to be a interesting matchup to see how they respond to any adversity. They should come into an AI plus 21 underdog in this game. So uh, Vegas definitely thinks that uh, Oregon's going to take care of business. Fiddy, what about you? What's what's your pick for your game? Well, we got our pick em segment to end the show, but I'll go ahead and give my pick of the Oregon game. I think the Ducks win, but I do think Colorado covers. Well, I, don't I was think... saying for your game that you picked. Oh. Okay. Well, you, you picked Colorado and Oregon, right? As your yeah, game but watch. then I guess for my game, I thought he said Notre Dame and Ohio State. That is State. my game. I don't. I don't. I don't know yet. That's why I got it at two forty-five when I'll make my decision. <laughs> I okay. think. I think I'm leaning Notre Dame because the game's in South Bend. All right, and I'm definitely going to hold mine as well because Clemson, Florida State, that is one of our marquee local games. So I'll hold my pick uh, to the end. So of I'm the only game. one after that. Okay. Right. <laughs> so I'm right for the trap. I guess I was asked. No, the I'll go, Okay, I'll I join in with it. you. You're Sorry. my partner. We're Riggs and Murtaugh, so I'm gonna jump in with you. I'm gonna go Florida State, and I think they win it decisively. Uh, I think Florida State. I feel like. Last week, they might have been overlooking Boston College just a little bit, ready to get to Clemson and play. I think those matchups out there on the edge for them at wide receiver. Keon Coleman, though, after that hot start against LSU, he had a touchdown against Southern Miss. He had a goose egg against uh, Boston College. Yeah, weird. They're going to look to get him back involved as well. And also, uh, Johnny – oh, God, I forget his name. Wilson. Johnny Wilson. He uh, he's he's been good this season, not quite as good as I thought he would. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But then App State though, going to Wyoming, and they've got uh, a funny little matchup on their hands. Now we know they battled with North Carolina, but the forecast for this football game calls for a high temperature of 63 degrees, 27 mile per hour winds though coming in this game, and the Mountaineers is only. Previous visit to Laramie back in 2004, the start of the game was delayed 33 minutes by lightning. So these guys cannot cannot avoid bad weather when they go up to play Wyoming. But since 2011, App State's 32 road wins ranked sixth nationally. They'll have to grind it out against Wyoming. It's unclear how much those conditions could affect that passing attack because we know Joey Aguilar has been playing Really good football. He's got nine touchdown passes. This tie for eighth in the country, 690 passing yards, and a little more than 10 quarters of work. So we know App uh, wants to definitely get out there and be able to toss the ball around. But that defense, man, they've got to be able to get that thing under control. But check this out, though. They're, they're officially allowing 30.7 points per game. But that number drops to 21.7 per 60 minutes from coordinator Scott Sloan's defense when taking away 13 overtime points from North Carolina and 14 points scored on defensive touchdowns by East Carolina. So isn't that uh, that that was so funny to me? I've never heard a stat like that before with them trying to create those uh, those caveats for why their defensive uh, scoring defense looks the way it looks. And then finally, when you talk about Wake Forest and we talked about them earlier uh, this week. Mitch Griffiths in that game had a lot of bad turnovers. Wake fans during the game were actually calling for a quarterback change to go to Michael Kearns. Dave Clawson shut that down this week. Talked about it in his weekly press conference. He said, Mitch is our quarterback. He is now 4-0 as a starter. He's playing pretty good football when you look at it statistically, but he definitely has some uncharacteristic and uncharacteristic and unacceptable turnovers in that football game. Did that game deter your faith in Mitch Griffiths and what type of quarterback he can be at all, Walker Mill? 
No, I still believe in them. I think they are a team that continues to turn out good QBs despite them moving on from previous good QBs. And I think Mitch Griffiths is that guy. Guys are allowed bad games. And he did enough in the second half to bring them back to a victory, even though it would have been a pretty bad loss. I know there's some respect for ODU. Sorry to Salty Pirate, who's about to hop in the text line. I apologize. (laughs) Mitch Griffiths, Wake Forest, they still need to win that football game. And they did after what was a bad first half. So, yes, I expect Mitch Griffiths to be a guy that we don't have any problems starting going forward. And real quickly on App State, I know they've thrown the football pretty well. Aguilar comes in and does a nice job after Berger goes down. But if you look at their rushing their rushing attack, mm-hmm. Nate Noel is outstanding. So Number one in the season. country in yards per game, rushing yards per game. I left that fact out. 75 carries on the year. Nothing less than 24. So 24, 26, 25. He is toting that thing. He's averaging 145 flat per game. We're just going back and forth. Let's just ping pong yeah. the stats all Jada the way Kissing around. Jada Kissing Styles P. All right, so here we are ping ponging it. Four <laughs> touchdowns on the year. One, two, and one. 7.7 yards per carry the last game. All that to say, they're going to be just fine running the football if the wind gets too crazy. All right, well, when we come back, we're going to go back to the Carolina Panthers, talk about Bryce Young. If the offensive line and wide receivers continue to underperform, is there a real case to sit the rookie on the bench? We'll talk about that more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Dan Patrick going to be hopping on with us. The legend. Some people might call him the GOAT. Yeah, he's one of them, man, for sure. I told you guys the other day, I remember uh, just watching Sports Center in the morning before I would go out to the catch the bus, man, looking at Dan Patrick and the crew. Dan Patrick, you, you, you were like a little hesitant to say that he was one of the GOAT. I mean, he's, I guess GOAT is quite literally greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, I guess of like for... Prime ESPN, Prime Sports Center. I mean, him, Rich Eisen, Stu, probably was the glory days of ESPN. I used to be a big listener to the to the radio station or his radio show. Very good at radio. Yes. I think I think Dan Patrick for me. His voice. Well, everything. That but that's the point. Is there anybody more versatile that it doesn't matter what medium you give him? Especially now he's got a book out yeah. and that's what he's promoting. Is there any medium he can't just knock out of the park? Because Everything he's put on is fantastic. Not only just Sports Center anchor, not only being a radio host, but also how about his constant, frequent uh, you know, cameos in sports movies? 
Yeah. Dan is yeah, a go-to he does, guy. For sure. And and it's hilarious. And this book is funny. And it's the, you know, just because Fiddy wanted to pronounce it a different way, if you don't mind showing me the title real quick so I can tell the people about the book. Dan Patrick's new book is The Occasionally Accurate Annals of Football. It's by Dan Patrick. Talks about how he'll make some stuff up. And it's really, and also documents some of the more fun moments in NFL history. Yeah, that guy, doesn't matter what he does, he's going to be fantastic at it. I miss him on Sunday Night Football, even though Maria Taylor is is, is a fantastic studio host. Do you think he could have done play-by-play? Dan Patrick? Yeah. I think he would have been perfect in bringing in some of that fun and comedic value into play-by-play now. Mm-hmm. Because I think... Even so, Dan Patrick, if you're talking about polish and you're talking about personality, something that you have to have both of if you're going to be a sports center anchor and then transition to a radio host, yes, I think you could have done it. We haven't seen any reason to think that he can't do any of the broadcasting stuff. Idea. Dan Patrick. He's so, definitely up there, man. He's one of them. It's going to be fun to talk with him in just a little bit. He'll be joining us in about seven minutes or so to promote his book again. The occasionally accurate annals of football, the NFL's greatest players, plays, scandals, and screw-ups, plus stuff we totally made up, as Dan Patrick might put <laughs> on his book. Let's talk a little more about the Carolina Panthers, their game against the Seattle Seahawks. Then he hit the breaking news sounder going into the second hour of the show. Bryce Young officially ruled out he will not be suiting up against the Seattle Seahawks, which means Andy Dalton will start at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Wes, how do you feel about Andy Dalton stepping in as that starting QB? And what kind of chances do you give the Panthers of pulling off this upset? Man, I mean, with both teams being so banged up, I feel like we stand a chance of it being another game like it was on Monday night, a defensive game, not a ton of scoring, not a ton of big plays because it seems like they have so many guys banged up in some key positions. But I think if Andy Dalton starts, I think the offense, man, as much as you want to have faith, it's hard to see the force from the trees at this point because if the receivers don't, uh, aren't able to win matchups on a consistent basis if the offensive line is not playing to the potential that they can against a defense that's 31st in the NFL in total defense, only two sacks on the year. So, I mean, it's hard to be able to have a ton of positivity, but I'm going to try to have a little bit. I feel like just off of the strength of him being a veteran alone, he can make some things happen. Don't expect for him to have a tremendous game. So, I mean, I just think that this this matchup is just going to be a, a war of attrition, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I'm hoping that this offense can look better. And, you know, people might question, Walker, why do you want this offense to look better with Andy Dalton? You understand people are going to be coming out of the woodwork to say Andy Dalton should be the starting QB going forward because he gives them the best chance to win. Not because you're worried about getting a true evaluation on Bryce Young, but because Andy Dalton is the guy that you need to start in order to have the best chance to win. For me, the reason I hope the offense looks better is because maybe the offensive line and the wide receivers will garner more confidence when Bryce Young does step back into the football game. That's what you want to see. And you talked about it, Wes. This defense has not been good the last couple of seasons. Really, last year we have a two-game sample size. They've allowed a ton of passing yards. They've held rushing attacks in check. But also, they have not faced running teams. The Rams are going to be throwing it all over the place. And Seattle got scored on quite a bit. You look at Detroit. Even if they won that game, it was an offensive performance as to why they won that game against Detroit in Week 2. David Montgomery, they're starting bell cow. Not Jameer Gibbs, maybe not the best running back on the team, but they're starting bell cow. He goes down. They're going to Craig Reynolds and Jameer Gibbs after that. So 
these are not running teams. Carolina is. So I wonder if you're going to get more than hopefully the 97 yards per game that they've allowed so far. Maybe 150, something like that. Allow the complimentary football adage to come in. Maybe you can pass off of play action if you're successful running the football. The interior offensive line is playing a lot better because they don't have anybody on the defensive line that scares you like you might have had on the Atlanta defensive line and New Orleans defensive line. Big time difference there. So I have some I have some level of hope for this offense to figure it out a little bit. Don't expect them to score 30, but put a couple touchdowns on the board, hopefully. The offensive line look competent, wide receivers, whether they're getting separation, whether the ball is being thrown to them in tight windows and they bring it on in. It doesn't matter. Is there going to be some semblance of a passing game? I have some hope that they can start to figure some things out going into this game. One thing, too, to offer a little pushback, and I know that that, that you definitely want the best for them. Do you feel like Andy Dalton playing well and them getting a win is best for them at this point when you talk about it in terms of Bryce Young? I understand your point, but yes, I still do. 100%. Because even if, if they win and Andy Dalton plays well enough, I don't expect him to go for 350, right? But if they if he plays well enough in the passing game, you know, throw whatever number you want to on it, we'll just judge by our eye test, and they end up winning, I think that gives confidence to the rest of the offensive unit. And I think when you play with confidence, a lot of guys play better, right? Mm-hmm. You're going in a game against Minnesota where Brian Flores, he's a chaotic play caller in a, in a good way for the most part, but they're going to be susceptible to getting beat deep. And so I wonder if, okay, if this offense has some confidence going against Minnesota, they're blitzing a ton because they feel they can get after Bryce Young. The offensive line hasn't been performing well, but maybe that allows the deep passing attack to develop for Bryce where he hits it over the top, just like Jalen Hurts did to Devontae Smith a couple of times. I know we're dealing with lesser talented players at each position right now, whatever wide receiver to Devontae, Bryce Young to Jalen Hurts. But maybe, because they're susceptible on the back end, maybe they can connect for a 20-yard, 30, 40-yard bomb, something like that. Yeah, I still think it's important to see this offense have some kind of success in this week. One interesting thing, too, is you talk about it being a get-right game for the offense. Do you think that Seattle's defense maybe views this as a get-right game for for their defense? You know, they're looking at it, smelling blood in the water, feeling like there's lots of things to feast on with this offense? Of course. Yeah. Every team in the NFL who has Carolina on their schedule, if they are going through a lull offensively, or I should say defensively, because offensively it's still going to be tough sledding for teams. And defense, this this thing's going to hold up, barring more injuries that continue on. But, yeah, this offense has not proven that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with by any stretch of the imagination. I understand that. You could hear an echo from whatever the opposition sports radio is. They're going to be, oh, Carolina might be a get-right game for us. I, I get that. Yeah. You know, I'm just hoping we're right and they're wrong. <laughs> but they're, yeah. cer- they're certainly thinking about it, no doubt about it. Yeah, there's a lot of, of different things going on in this matchup. And to me, it's going to come down to, you know, you look at those injury reports and so many guys out, man. So I think this is just going to be one of the more fascinating games on the schedule because 0-2 is kind of – if you lose this when you go 0-3, man, you're really down bad. So I think Carolina, if they can pull anything out of what they have, squeeze any juice out of this thing, it's got to be this week offensively, man. I'm with you 100%. This has to be a game where they can show at least a shell of what they can do. Yeah, 100%. This is the weekend that you want to see the offense move the football down the field, 
whether it be the rushing attack, certainly the passing attack, Andy Dalton will be the starting quarterback against the Seattle Seattle Seahawks. We'll now go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline, as we were teasing earlier. Dan Patrick joins us on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Legend. Not only the legendary broadcaster that he is, Sports Center anchor, also radio host of the Dan <laughs> Patrick Show, but also the author of the occasional accurate annals of football, the NFL's greatest players, plays, scandals, and screw-ups, and plus stuff we totally made up. Dan, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you? Thanks for the invitation, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I, I've listened to a ton of your interviews before where you were the interviewee, right? And I've heard you talk about your hunger, your drive to be better, and really everything you do, the early Sports Center anchor days. It's been fun to listen to. You are such a competitor in that realm, right? At least that's what you would talk about. I, I want to know, did you attack this book the same way you did with some of your early broadcasting days with that kind of hunger, with that kind of competition to put out the best product possible? I probably didn't approach it the same way because you can be competitive, but it's hard to be competitive having a sense of humor. You know, I was just driven that I wanted to, each show was going to be great. Each interview had to be great. This was more of, I, I wanted to just have fun with it. Look at all of these different things that have happened in the history of the NFL, certain teams, certain players, certain moments, be thorough, but the bottom line is, you know, laughing while we did it, have a sense of humor while we did it. So it was a little bit less competitive and a little bit more, uh, whimsical. Well, and, and Dan, I mean, you talked about it as like a ruthless competitor, like your your competition to be better, watching film, going against the great Stuart Scott in the heyday of Sports Center back in the day. I wonder how much has that approach changed as you are where you are now in your career? Oh, it hasn't changed at all. I mean, I'm I already did my show this morning. I'm already thinking back on what I could have done better. <laughs> um, you just have to. I I never. And my wife says, you know, you've sort of accomplished some things. Why don't you exhale? And I go, no, I can't. I just was not brought up that way. And growing up in a family of six, you know, it was survival. You were, you know, we ate at six o'clock every night. If you got there late, then you had to eat an apple or have some raisins or something. Like it was, you, you had to be disciplined. You had to be on time. You, you had to, you know be ready to bring something to the table or you'd get shut out, you know, with your brothers and sisters. So I, I'm lucky that I grew up that way in a family where nobody was special. Uh, nobody stood out. So you, you fought for that. You fought for attention. You fought for everything. And I did that with sports and I, I approached the job that way. You know, I was doing the 11 o'clock sports center. And I'm working, you know, with Keith Oberman, and we had reached some national prominence. And I was watching the show every single day, every night. When I'd get done, I'd get the tape, and I would go through the entire show. And I kept looking for the things I was doing wrong. And that's not the approach. It should be, let's look at the things you're doing right. And I was looking at, you know, the, the glass was half empty. And I eventually let that go where I stopped doing that because I, I felt that I was hindering progress, that I wasn't allowing myself to be myself. And I, I do that every single day. I try to just step back from the show, but it's a young man's game. 
I'm 67, but man, I want to kick everybody's butt. I mean, I want to, I, I still want to have that story. I want to have that interview. I, I never want to take, you know, a show for granted. Never. Well, and Dan, that has to be exhausting though, right? Like here you are talking about where your wife is telling you, hey, just go ahead and appreciate some of the insane accomplishments that you have achieved in your career. I was reading a GQ interview with you. It was just a few days ago that it was released that I saw. And here you are talking about you announcing not too long ago at the end of your current contract, that's when you're going to hang it up. And you don't want anybody to tell you, hey, now's the time. Like you want to go out on your own terms. How yeah. much has this mentality, having this, not changed in your late 60s, how much does that mentality cause you to say, hey, I'm going to hang it up at the end of this contract, and this is where I'm deciding to back off? I wanted to be able to decide. I, di I didn't want somebody to tell me. I didn't want to be the last person to know. I didn't want people to laugh at. I want them to laugh with. And... Look, I know I'm hard on myself, and I challenge myself, but that that got me here. Um, you know, my dad died when he was 54, and so in my mind, it's like I I, I never I just never want to take anything for granted. And I did the last couple of years doing Sports Center. To be honest with you, I I was taking it for granted, and I I, I kept thinking, what am I what am I doing? Like everybody who was doing sports center with me had left to do other jobs or went to other networks. And I was sort of the old guy there doing highlights. And I, I don't know. I just, it, it was the start of me deciding to leave ESPN. So, you know, fast forward to where we are now. And I just thought, you know what, this is my last contract. And, and then I can go out the way I want to go out and uh, sort of the way I went in. And uh, hopefully that's with, you know, the journalistic integrity that we're supposed to have and the fun of it, uh, the enthusiasm. I mean, I still get excited every day to go into work every day and the challenge of that every day and topics that you tackle and, you know, interaction with the audience. I love doing radio. You can have TV. I love radio. And to be able to do that, we were doing the show in my attic for the first three years when I left ESPN. <laughs> So it's not like I walked out and went to another big network. We were doing a three-hour national radio show in my attic. So we've come a long way from there. Uh, from there, and uh, I just I want to go out on what I sort of designate as on top. Dan Patrick joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And Dan, in your book, The Occasionally Accurate Annals of Football, one of the things you put in there that's included are baseless conspiracies. And we've had a conspiracy going on here this week with Bryce Young. People questioning, is he really hurt? Are they trying to bench him politely? What's the wildest football conspiracy that you've heard? <laughs> Oh, well, the immaculate reception just, you know, was it really a catch? Um, that's a good one. Is, is one that you, you can't, there's no way we could prove that or disprove that, even though, I mean, I mean, there's so many unbelievable moments in that play. The cameraman who focused on Franco Harris, um, the fact that you had this ricochet, imagine if that happened now and you went to the replay. You, what, what would you rule? It, it was ruled a touchdown. You couldn't overrule that. If you didn't call it a touchdown, you wouldn't have overruled that and said, yes, it is a touchdown. I mean, it's wild when you think about that. And I, 
I just I remember watching the game, and I kept one. I didn't know what the rule was because you know it's a long time ago. But I'm thinking, wait, can two off? Can it ricochet off the offensive player? What if it? Wait, did it go off Jack Tatum? Did it go off Frenchie Fuqua? Just that alone is still one of those great great mysteries that I have. Um, Joe Namath guaranteeing they were going to win Super Bowl three. Did he really guarantee they were going to win Super Bowl three? The whole story, you know, we, we, we kind of created the Joe Willie Namath, Broadway Joe uh, reputation there. Uh, so, I mean, those are just a couple. There, all of this stuff with Brady, um, with Spygate and Deflategate and all those things, um, you know, I'm still fascinated with that. That why don't we let quarterbacks do what they want to do to the football? It's, it's they're handling it, it's their team. Their receivers, they're run, like, why is it a big mystery? I, I don't know about you guys, but when I played high school basketball, they would break out a brand new basketball. Well, it was slick. It was horrible to play with. If you would have said, hey, you guys are the home team, give us your basketball. You know, why can't we do that for quarterbacks? But, you know, Tom lied to the commissioner. If he didn't lie, then he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been suspended as long as he was. But what happened to those other people? What did they do not do? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated with those things, but it's because it got so much attention that, you know, we're still looking for answers. Spygate. Did they, did they spy on the Rams during their walkthrough in the Super Bowl, as Marshall Falk claims? Like, it's fun. I mean, it's the Patriots and it's Belichick and it's Brady. Therefore, it has legs. But those are just some of the ones that have always stayed with me. Then, Dan, you've been in a lot of movies credited with 36 credits as an actor. Just Go With It would probably be my personal favorite. But what's that like? Because do you necessarily have to go in there and read for parts? I wouldn't think so. Do people just call <laughs> no. you up and say, hey, man, you want to be in this movie? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's the way it works. Um, I mean, thank God I don't have to audition or I'd, ne I'd never get any of these jobs. <laughs> but Sandler, Sandler has been such a, a nice friend, a great friend. And if he, if he has a role that he thinks is me, then he'll, he always writes something in. He'll go, Danny, you know, I got something for you. And then he'll tell me when they're shooting and when I need to get there, what's involved. But most of the, most of the cameos in Sandler movies have been one or two days of shooting. Just go with it where I'm on stage as a nightclub owner with, Jennifer Aniston and Nicole Kidman and Dave Matthews. That was a week in Hawaii, and that was a little bit more heavy lifting. But it's weird to be on. Like I know I can't act, but I didn't. I you know Kidman and Aniston didn't know I couldn't act, but I kept waiting for them to realize when they knew I couldn't act. So the whole <laughs> time I'm on stage, I just like Nicole Kidman had to look at me and, and just say he's. He's not an actor. Jennifer <laughs> Aniston might have been a little nicer oh, no. um, in the moment, but I just got the feeling they looked at me like, uh, you're a poser. And oh, they no. would have been right. <laughs> and then, DP, the last thing I will ask you is you've done a ton of SportsCenter commercials that are legendary. Do you have a favorite, and do you have anything that behind the scenes went on that was wild or anything like that? But what's your favorite SportsCenter commercial you ever did? I think it's one of the uh, first ones we ever did. 
Now, keep in mind that ad campaign, this is Sports Center, started only because I went to my boss, John Walsh, and he's the one who started Sports Center. And I said, John, why don't we promote Sports Center? We promote every other show on the network. And he goes, Sports Center doesn't need to be uh, need promotion. I go, yeah, it does. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't we do a campaign? Just you know, whatever it was. And he said, "All right, well, let me run it up the flagpole." And then he eventually found Wyden and Kennedy, great people, advertising people. They came in and walked around for about seven days, maybe ten days, just observed everything we did. And then they left, and then they started writing commercials. And uh, we couldn't get any athletes to show up because they didn't get paid. You got, I think. $2,000 to donate to your favorite charity. We have these, this campaign written, these great commercials, and I couldn't get any athletes, and or we couldn't. I called Grant Hill. I said, Grant, would you, would you come to Bristol, Connecticut? He goes, I don't even know where Bristol, Connecticut is. I said, <laughs> you know, we'll find you. I said, would you be in a commercial? We're not going to pay you. And he goes, you want me to go to Bristol, Connecticut? You're not going to pay me to be in a commercial. I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, all right. <laughs> so his commercial is the one where I get done with the sports center and I've had a bad show and he's playing the piano in the lobby <laughs> wearing his Detroit Pistons uniform. And, uh, he just said, Hey Dan, what's wrong? And I talk about all the mistakes I made on sports center. He goes, well, maybe this will, you know, help you out or pick up your shirts. And I go, thanks, Grant. Thanks. And I put a dollar in the tip jar. Well, once other athletes saw what the commercials were, then everybody wanted to have one. Everybody wanted their sports center commercial. Now we were overrun by athletes who would come in when we started shooting. And, you know, it was big names. You know, LeBron, and you can go down the list of all the people who wanted to do them. But the, it's not my favorite, but it, it, it's, um, it stands out because it was so simple and it was real. Uh, Oberman and I would put on our own makeup. They didn't want to pay for a makeup artist. And it, this would be like at 1030 at night, we'd be on the air at 11 Eastern. And we'd go in the bathroom and put on our makeup and then sort of catch up on the day and then get ready to do Sports Center. So I'm putting on my makeup. And we're talking about tough guys in hockey. So the juxtaposition of two grown men putting on makeup, talking about who are the toughest guys in hockey. <laughs> and it was so subtle, but it was so brilliant that at the end, Keith goes, you need a little bit more uh, rouge. And I go, oh, right here? Okay. <laughs> and we had just talked about all these, you know, Scott Stevens, all these tough guys. He's a tough guy, and he's a tough guy. And we're putting on makeup. The other one was Lance Armstrong. We were Lance wanted to have his own uh, Sports Center commercial, and the uh, the premise was: I'm working late at night writing Sports Center, and the lights flicker, and the power is going out. So you see me get up from my office chair, walk down steps, walk down steps, walk down steps, and then I come into a place that's got like a sign, high voltage, you know, caution. I opened the door and Lance is there and he had just finished on his stationary bike. He, he is providing the power in, uh, at ESPN and he's toweling himself off. And I go, Lance, what are you doing? He goes, 
oh, I thought everybody was gone. I go, no, 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 we're still working. And then he starts pedaling, and then you hear the jolt of electricity. The lights go on, and then I close the door. And we did five takes, and he was so competitive. He was like, how, how great was Was that great? Like, I want it to be great. And then I go, well, I mean, you could do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> he, was, he was obsessed with making it great. And I just remember when we got done, he goes, how would you compare? And we like, and then he was, he was, he was bringing up other athletes. It was weird, but he, I mean, all you're doing is doing a sports center commercial, but he wanted to be great and was not going to leave until I said that was great. In fact, one of the producers go, will you bleep and say that it was great just so we can leave? And I you go, were toying with him, Dan. <laughs> that was great, Lance. That was great. Was, oh, great. All right. But, that was, you know, they were just fun seeing these athletes come in and seeing how well they uh, could act or how important it was to them. But what a brilliant, brilliant campaign that they had. I love that you were toying with Lance Armstrong. That's fantastic. <laughs> also, also, yes, it's hilarious to hear the stories about the Sports Center commercials that we remember every single one in such detail. Really cool to hear the stories on that. If you want more stories, go buy Dan Patrick's book, The Occasionally Accurate Annals of Football, the NFL Greatest Players, Play, Scandal, Screw-Ups, plus stuff we totally made up. Very easy to find. And the man can write. He can do everything. We just had a conversation about how he can do everything. I say even act. I'll leave the doubt to Nicole Kidman and Jennifer Aniston. I will not yeah. doubt Dan Patrick yeah. on any ability out there. Dan, we appreciate the time so much. This was fantastic. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys reaching out. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you guys. You too, DP. Thanks, man. You too. Dan Patrick, ladies and gentlemen, the legend. You can find that interview on our website, WFNZ.com. Very easy to find. Just go to the website and then click on the Wesson Walker podcast tab. Again, make sure you go buy this book. It's awesome. If you want something broken up in sections, if you just want fun stories, the occasionally accurate annals of football, the NFL's greatest players play scandals and screw ups, plus stuff we totally made up. Plenty more to go on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show. A little bit more subdued. I came in on that one right there on a football Friday. Got to <laughs> be you excited. Play by play on your tone. Is that what's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought you might pick up on that because I saw the first time when I came in a little hot. I saw your eyes get a little big uh, right there. So I decided to tone it down. Inadvertent, but okay. Yeah. Good read on the room. Good read. <laughs> All right, folks. So we're going to talk a little bit. We, we, we talked a lot about the great 
football slate that you have this weekend in college football. And I know there's some people out there that are going to put a little bit of Skrilla down on these games. So to talk about where you maybe should invest said Skrilla, we've got Kevin Todd <laughs> coming in to talk to us from VegasMistake.com to talk about this weekend's college football tilt. Kevin, how are we doing? How are you guys doing? We are doing fantastic, man. And so uh, we're really excited about the college football weekend and I uh, want to talk a little bit about the odds and what do we feel like are some safe uh, places to invest at Skrilla. Are you familiar with the term Skrilla? <laughs> no, what is Skrilla? It's like, is it a food? No, actually, it's uh, money, but that's also a, a nice guess, though. Skrilla does sound like I'm going to have a little bit of spaghetti with Skrilla. It does. Yeah, that all right. Boring. So uh, starting things out with Ohio State and Notre Dame, and the latest line that I've seen is Ohio State by three. They're going into South Bend. We know that's going to be a raucous environment. What are your thoughts on that matchup and that line? Well, before I get into that game, let me just tell everybody here at VegasMistake.com, what we do, gentlemen, is we find the mistakes that Vegas makes. Because on a regular Saturday, you got to agree with me, there's anywhere between 40 to 50 games that are on a slate on, on, a, on a normal Saturday. And what the odds makers do, gentlemen, is they set the odds on the public perception. What I mean by that, the public bets on how teams played the previous week. They see a team play bad, they bet against them. They see a team, a team play good, they bet on them. You can't do that. you got to know how to read these odds, folks, because they always make the mistake because of the public perception. I'll give you an example. All my clients last week got BYU plus the 8 at Arkansas, they won the game outright. We told our clients to take the money line as well as getting the eight points. So if you had bet $500 on this game on the money line, you would have got back almost three to one. It's simple. You go to VegasMistake.com. You can sign up right there on my webpage. All new members, they get an email right in their email box thanking them for coming aboard. They can get their plays sent by text, email, or they can log into the website. I'm telling you folks, when it comes here to VegasMistake.com, we teach you how to treat it like a business. We take the gambling aspect out of it. Less games, more money. So let's talk about this Notre Dame-Ohio um, State game. Now, if you guys remember last year, um, these two teams played, and Notre Dame was winning the game 10-7 to at halftime, which then Ohio State came roaring back, and they only won the game 21-10. to But the quarterback that was on Notre Dame, that was the problem. He just wasn't good. He also went to Alabama as a transfer. What did, Nick, what did Coach Saban do? He ended up benching that guy. They have a quarterback now that's going in the first round, Notre Dame. Not only that, he's got a shot to win the Heisman. I love Notre Dame here catching three. In fact, I think they're going to win the game outright. Notre Dame is 14-6 and six straight up. In their last 20 Big Ten battles, they're also 5-1-1 against the spread their last seven. Not only that, let me tell you right now, Notre Dame is 8-2 against the spread at home with revenge as a dog. I love Notre Dame in this matchup. Getting the three is a gift. They win the game outright. All right, so another game that I find quite interesting, and I'm glad that your site looks at the games the way that they do because I definitely was intrigued by this one when I saw it. I'm not the biggest gambler, but I definitely saw this one and was like, whoa, Colorado at plus 21. What are your thoughts on that? All right, so I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. Listen, great story for Colorado. Dion doing a great job over there. I give him all the credit. I mean, that team was awful last year, 
and he's winning games that no one had predicted they would win. Upsetting at TCU, beating Nebraska, you know, coming back against Colorado State. But I'm going to tell you guys right now, Colorado's not even going to make a bowl game. What do you think about that? Wow. Oh, I would no. be floored by this. That means this would be one of the biggest Say it hot so, to cold Kevin. stories I, ever. I'm telling you, they're, look at their schedule. They have one of the toughest schedules. First of all, the Pac-12 the pack this year is unbelievable. I think every team is in the top 10 or the top 25, I should say. They play back-to-back Oregon-USC. Then they have the three-week teams that they have is Arizona, Arizona State, and Stanford. They must win those three games in order to go to the bowl game because, listen, their schedule is ridiculously hard. They play no defense. Now, they're going to put up points here against Oregon, but the way Dion is treating this, it's kind of like Maybe you guys disagree with me. It's like a circus because every celebrity in the world is on his sideline. And these, you know, these teams and these coaches, they look at that, and, and they kind of like, you know what, I want to teach Dion a, a lesson. I think Oregon runs it up on him. Lay the 21 with Oregon. Wow. Um, by the way, you know, look, as much as I don't want to believe it, I want to believe Colorado gets to a bowl game and beyond. We have a texter. Coach Jeff said, man, he said to take Florida on the money line over Tennessee last week. I listened. Thank you. So he knows what he's talking about. Kevin Todd from VegasMistake.com. They look at the mistakes that some of the lines have out there when you're dealing with your money. It's big time stuff. Kevin, it's a it's a great thing you're doing, honestly, for uh, you, Wes, even though he didn't go with your Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes. You know, he is at least telling you the truth and what he No doubt about it, man. And it's a very intriguing way because they're doing this in an entirely different way. So I like this. I'm definitely uh, in tune with what you are talking about. That was Kevin Todd from VegasMistake.com. Go on the website, put the Skrilla down, man, and hopefully he will help you make a lot of fat stacks this go. weekend and every weekend. Kevin, we appreciate your time. So I'm guessing Skrilla means money. Yeah, it man. Does. Yeah, yeah okay. man. Okay, all right. I, I'm, I'm going to learn, you know. you know. This is my first time. <laughs> Feel free to use that. You can take it. And uh, because it, it'd be weird if people were putting spaghetti down on it. All right, guys. no doubt. Kevin, we'll see you down the road, my friend. Thanks, guys. All right. Hey, man, that's some, uh, some interesting takes that he has right there, man. So we're going to come back. We're going to uh, get into some of those takes and talk more about the Carolina Panthers and this big matchup. How worried should the Carolina Panthers fans be about some of the other teams around the NFC South and their rebuilding process? That and a whole lot more on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.